0: Hi everyone, I'm your host Sam Evans and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Vanessa Vermas, a 25-year-old travel content creator who, in this past year, picked up her life in the mountains of Canada and moved to the city of Sevilla, Spain, where she teaches English throughout the week and explores different European countries on her days off. So basically, she's living her dream life. Throughout this episode, we will be talking about the process and logistics of moving abroad, dealing with the stresses and obstacles that come along with that process, the work-life balance while living abroad, and what to expect as a whole when it comes to actually taking that next step and living your dream life abroad. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome back to the podcast for a little part two. So happy
1: to be here for episode two, finally.
0: I know, right? A year in the making, but we, we're we here. <laughs> So before we get into everything, I'd love for our new listeners to learn more about your background and just like a quick recap of what got you to now where you are today, especially compared to our last episode. Okay.
1: That could be a whole episode in itself. Right, right.
0: Let's we'll
1: try and keep it short for everyone. So essentially, I feel like I've always had the travel bug ever since I was younger. I was one of those people that... When I went into high school, I felt like I should be going into university. When I went into university, all I wanted to do was graduate so I could get out and travel. And so essentially the second I had what I thought at the time was enough money to travel, I booked a ticket to Southeast Asia and I backpacked for about two months, just over two months, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And that completely changed my life, changed my perspective on everything that I wanted to do with my life. And then I got home, pandemic hit. I was miserable living in Canada at the time because it was super locked down and decided to pick up and leave, and go to Thailand during the pandemic. So I taught English there for two years, and then the pandemic started to kind of lift, and travel was becoming more of a thing again, and I knew that I wanted to experience other places. So to save money, I went back home for a bit, and I worked, I mean. I wasn't at home. I was on the other side of Canada, but I worked at the Fairmont Hotel in the Banff National Park. And I was there for, I think, five months before I moved to Spain to keep teaching. And I've been in Spain for, I believe, just over three months now.
0: Wow. Which is Mm -hmm. crazy because I remember you being like, oh, yeah, me and my friend were like, I think we're going to move there at some point. (laughs) We're figuring it out. And now you guys have been there for like
1: a decent amount of time now. Yeah no it's insane how quickly everything happens and even saying that i've been here for 3 months it feels like it's been a lot longer than that yeah. cuz we've been traveling so much and so many different experiences so it's been good
0: yeah well i'm glad i'm glad i mean i can only imagine how like stressful the actual process was. So what would you say is like the most important thing for people to know when it comes to like the logistics slash like the process of moving abroad in general? Honestly, just
1: being patient and having faith that everything is going to work out, I think is the one thing that always really gets me through it. I've had nothing but problems this time around, unfortunately. Seriously, moving to Asia during the pandemic was way easier than moving to Europe, like times a thousand. Which you
0: wouldn't think because, you know, it's the other side of the world, but... (laughs) Exactly. It's the other side of the world.
1: And too, everyone had their opinions of like being in Asia during the pandemic, obviously. But Thailand was phenomenal with the pandemic. So we were able to travel the entire time that we were there within the country, obviously, with very little restriction, which was nice. Whereas coming to Europe, I think that COVID did still have a bit of an impact because it was the first year that all of these programs were fully able to open up again. So all of the like embassies or consulates of those places in Canada or America or wherever you're coming from were so understaffed because all of those people moved back home for the pandemic. Right. And so they hadn't been like relocated back over to where they'd been before, or maybe they didn't want to be whatever. So in my experience of coming to Spain, the Spanish consulate in Toronto, Ontario was a nightmare. Like it was the worst experience in terms of moving abroad I've ever had, but it was mainly because they haven't got into the full swing of having more than a few staff members working on these cases
0: yeah so. mm-hmm. oh my god I mean but don't you think like or wouldn't you have thought that it would have been easier this time around since you already did it so much
1: yeah and so there's two routes you can kind of go with coming over to Spain you can do it with the government with a like I don't know if it's the government sector or whatever that's called this but it's called NALCAP Mm -hmm. and you can go directly through them you have to do the entire process yourself which can be kind of stressful so for people like me who is I was living in a new place already doing a different job that I hadn't done in a few years I was in Banff I didn't want to be doing all of that logistical stuff so I went through a company called RVF and they are amazing in terms of getting all of the stuff kind of prepared as much as they can for you and then They gave me like an eight page PDF document, like step by step, everything I needed to do and how to do it, which was nice because I didn't have to figure any of that out on my own. So I'm grateful for that, but there's kind of two routes you can go, but regardless of which way you go, it's not easy. Yeah. Europe is very Finicky Asia Mm. is more like, come join us. Like, everything's kind of made easy for expats over there because they really rely on the expat community or the tourism community. Whereas, like, in Europe, North Americans are coming to Europe in the summers, anyways. Right. And a lot of them don't really have things like digital nomad visas. That's very new. Spain did just Mm. come out with one recently, but it's in its first month still. So, there's a lot of problems. Yeah. So they're in the beginning phases of that. i say Europe is kind of starting to catch up with that. But because they hadn't started until now, it's like trial and error for everything. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I've always I mean, I've definitely obviously thought about moving abroad permanently. You know what I mean? Or at least for like a decent amount of time, a year, two years, whatever it is. But it honestly just seems so stressful, like so overwhelming. And I know like you and I'm, I honestly give you props for posting like the good and the bad about just like (laughs) moving abroad in general, because I feel like these days you just see like, Oh, picked up my life and moved, which is great. And everybody loves to see that stuff. But like, absolutely. What exactly went into but so, yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? how many nights you sat there like freaking out, crying, yeah. manifesting, like, literally doing
1: everything you can to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, and, and I think seeing it so much like the positive side, it definitely seems, I think it's definitely easy to an extent like if you have if you do the research and if you if you're like passionate about it of course like I remember we said this last time of like if you actually are passionate about it like you'll find a way to do it you know what I mean but obviously like you were saying like you had to go through it seems like hoops to <laughs> make it work
1: still going through hoops yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. oh god yeah So like I was saying, yeah, I feel like the concept is so romanticized, especially with social media and some people don't really realize like the ugly side of it. So how would you say that you dealt with the stress and the obstacles of moving abroad, the whole visa thing? I mean, honestly, I don't even think me and along with like some of my listeners don't really know the process in general, you know, so like how did you figure that out? How did you figure all that out? And like, how do you deal with it?
1: Yeah. I mean question I I
0: know because you said you're still going through it, but no, it's
1: yeah, touchy subject. I'm kidding. But no, honestly, I like step one for anyone that wants to get started into this, I would say like look into companies that help you do that kind of stuff. Mm. So for example, when I went to Thailand, I was actually scrolling on TikTok and I came across a girl who was promoting or talking about this company called ILP, which is the International Language Program. And they're awesome. And they have like volunteer programs pretty much all over the world. But they also have a paid program that's only in Asia. And so she was kind of talking about that. And then you can always have meetings with these people before you sign on and pay money, just so you can kind of make sure that it's a good fit for you. But I owe a lot of my success to these companies. And sometimes they're a little overpriced, to be honest. Like once Mm -hmm. you're in the country and you kind of realize like, Okay, I could have done that myself. It would have been a bigger headache, but I could have done it myself. If it's your first time, though, just pay them the money. Like just get it over with because they do so much logistical stuff that you don't know as a first time beginner move abroad person that. It just makes the whole process a little easier. They tell you to contract, tell you how to go about everything. The company I'm with right now, RVF is just for Spain. So if anyone's interested in Spain, look into them, but they have like, once you've signed on, obviously they have pretty much this 24 seven support line maybe not 24 but like close you, enough. Yeah. Close enough. Like you can book a call with them whenever you want. And if you're freaking out about the visa process or something was declined or what, anything goes wrong, you can call them and they help you. So I think for beginners, if it's your first time moving abroad, those resources are amazing. Once you've done it a couple of times, like the next step I do, I definitely won't be paying anyone to help me because yeah. Do it on my own now, but I think too. Like going to Asia, I wanted someone to help me. Coming to Europe, I knew it was going to be very different, so I wanted someone to help me. Like your first time in a new place, I think it's important just yeah. to peace of mind's sake. Honestly,
0: do you think these companies were the reason why you picked the location that you're in, or did you kind of do it backwards? Where like you knew you want, or at least like, I, I figure, you know, you wanted to be in Spain. I mean, in Europe, but was Spain like your first option? How did you kind of decide on like, where was the optimal place for you?
1: Honestly, I'd never been to Europe before. So like, Anywhere in Europe would yeah. have been fine for me. <laughs> Granted, I was coming back from Thailand, and I may be Canadian, but I hate the cold. So I knew I wanted to be somewhere more southern. And Sevilla is actually as far south as you can get in Europe, possible. Yeah. So I really left out with that. Like aside from the islands and stuff, obviously, but like mainland Europe, I'm as far mm-hmm. south as you can get, and it's still bloody cold here right now. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Yeah. It's still a bit of culture shock, but honestly, I think the companies were the reason that I went to where I went to. I mean, in terms of Thailand, yes and no, I knew I wanted to be in Asia. And I, again, same thing, didn't really care where, and I was originally supposed to go to Taiwan, but that didn't work out for the company. So they were like, we're going to send you to Thailand instead, which for me was super exciting because I'd been to Thailand and I knew Mm. I loved it, but When I did my TEFL certification, which is something that new teachers or people looking to get into that, make sure you get that. You can do it online. It's super easy. It takes like maybe a week or so to complete the course. I did a one through company called eye to eye TEFL and they have their own portal or like website. Once you've passed that you can access that gives you more legitimate jobs than Mm. things like Dave's ESL cafe or like stuff like that. Yeah. And that's how I found the one about Spain. So honestly, the companies more so have sway because I'm not a person that's very like, I need to go here, you know, Like I want to go everywhere. So of course,
0: yeah. So whatever the best option was, you were like, I'll go. I don't care. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, in terms of, I mean, living in Spain and just being in all of these different cultures, Would you say like there was any barriers, language barriers, like emotional or anything like that where you felt like moving abroad besides the logistical side of it, what stresses came from moving abroad in general, like loneliness, culture shock, language Mm. barriers, like things like that? Like, what would you say your experience was?
1: I would say in Spain, particularly, I just not that it was ever a hardship by any means, but it was just something that I was not prepared for was the language barrier. Not as many people speak English here as I was expecting, which is kind of ignorant of me. I totally see that. But coming from Southeast Asia, where so many of them spoke English, I was like, well, if all these people in Thailand can speak English, a ton of people in Spain are going to be able to speak English. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, not where I am, at least. Sevilla is a very old soul traditional type of city in Spain they're a little bit more old-fashioned in terms of pretty much everything Mm -hmm. and they're very passionate about sticking to their roots which I totally love and appreciate but in light of that like their English abilities maybe aren't what I expected them to be Mm -hmm. I guess which again I totally can see how that's like ignorant on my part to think like oh everyone's gonna speak right. English obviously people there learn English like right. they're know. so yeah it was that was interesting that made coming here in the beginning very difficult that's for sure my friend and I had a really hard time finding housing it took us about two and a half weeks to find a place to live so mm-hmm. we were living out of a hotel for a while and then we were living out of a hostel yeah and that was just a nightmare in itself yeah. so yeah, that was tricky. But I mean, other than that, culture wise, there's not like I love being in places that are very abnormal to me. So
0: yeah, the cult, like
1: the culture isn't anything scary. If anything, I yeah. love for here. So yeah,
0: that's yeah. awesome. I think that that's like a lot of people's biggest fear is either culture shock or language barriers. And I can even speak to myself too. It's like, I'm planning a trip to Central America and doing like Costa Rica and Guatemala and a couple countries in there, and it's like, which will be very fun. But I am like, I'm really trying not to let the fear stop me, which is, you know, something that I talk about a lot on here. But like, Mm -hmm. I can't help it, but think like, what if I'm stuck somewhere? You know what I mean? And like, I can't communicate with someone, and I think that that's like a huge I guess fear or just like thing that people think about when it comes to moving abroad or traveling in general of like, what if I can't communicate with someone, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I think
1: for a lot of those people too, like beginners in terms of travel, like Google Translate is your best
0: friend. Yeah,
1: I use Google Translate all the time. No shame. Like it's a People will laugh, like, say you're trying to talk to someone and they're like, uh, they right. try and to speak to you. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you just, you're, you're both in an awkward position. You know what I mean? So never yeah. has the outsider feel like awkward or ashamed or whatever, because you're both like, oh my gosh, we don't know how to yeah, talk to Yeah, right. It. It's like, so hold on someone, one second. Yeah. Yeah. Someone always, whether it's me or the other person will pull out Google translate, Pro tip though, if you're coming to Europe, use DeepL. It's an app, same thing as Google Translate, but it's more like authentic to how they would Mm. speak here. So for example, the other day, my friend and I were getting lasered in Mm. and we tried to put in, like we couldn't communicate that she was on birth control. And so I type in on Google Translate birth control and it's like control of birth was the literal translation. And so the girl's like, what the, yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then we use deep L and it was like, anti whatever, like, right. like the proper translation of it. Came out.
0: Right. So, There's a pro tip for everyone. Okay. Good Download to
1: know. L if you're coming to I Europe, was going to say downloading, or, like.
0: downloading it right now. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. It's so good. Oh my goodness. Well, so kind of switching over to more of like your experience living abroad, you know, like moving abroad is definitely, like we said, romanticized, also stressful, also amazing. So many different factors go into it. But now that you are living abroad and you have been living abroad for a decent amount of time, what would you say the lifestyle like differences would be from Canada versus Thailand versus Spain and like Europe in general? And the work life balance as well. Like, how would you how would you say like your experience has been between those places? I mean,
1: I'm someone who really prioritizes having a healthy work life balance, though I'm not the greatest at it. Yeah. But I think that's why I put so much of an emphasis on it. Because when it comes to my day job, I guess I'm very strict about not working more hours than what someone's gonna pay me. You know what I mean? like. Mm-hmm. For- for example, when I was in Thailand teaching, like I, the second my hours for the day were done, I wasn't lesson planning. I wasn't prepping anything. If I was, if I didn't feel like I was a hundred percent prepared, I'll figure it out when I'm in class type of thing. Like I'm just you not someone that likes to overwork myself in that sense. When it comes to the content creation, I have no boundaries right. <laughs> I stay up till two in the morning when I need to work at seven the next day and then hate my life. But that's a different story. But I think like, for example, in each place, Thailand, it's very healthy over there. Again, people prioritize being with their families and just like being with their friends, hanging out. Like it's a very, very laid back culture over there in certain areas, I guess, obviously the big cities, there's going to be that hustle bustle culture, but that's any country in the world. As for Canada, can't say the same. I mean, all of us North Americans can understand this. So the work culture in North America is absolutely atrocious in my opinion. It's just too demanding. Your bosses will like get mad at you if you're not overworking yourself, like going above and beyond is the bare minimum there, which literally is just like,
0: It's like it's. I feel like it's almost a brag when you say you work eighty hours a week, and I'm like, like what? Why? I'm like, I work (laughs)
1: twelve hours a week. He's winning now. Like I don't
0: know. Right. And that's like that's like looked down upon. It's like wait, you only work like ten hours a week. Like what do you what do you do with the rest of your life? Blah blah blah. It's like I feel like I I know enjoy life, right? (laughs) I feel like in other cultures, kind of like what you were touching on, it's like very different where you go but specifically for us it sucks like there is people say like how do you balance work and life when you live like in the U.S. Canada or whatnot there is no balance like you don't exactly like you don't you don't
1: (laughs) No, for sure I totally agree. And
0: I think even too, when I went
1: back to Canada, because I hadn't been there for two years, like during the pandemic while I was living in Thailand, I didn't go back because I would have to quarantine to come back to Thailand. Right, and right. Just, I didn't want to deal with that. Plus I didn't want to leave Thailand. So yeah, of course I have no reason to, but when I went back to Canada, I used to bartend before. So that was one thing. Like if you're in North America and you can get into the restaurant industry, do it. Yeah because you make so much money, you can save so much so quickly that you can take off. I know a lot of people that will work during the summer in North America, and then spend their entire winters abroad traveling, whatever. But when I went back, and I was bartending, especially because I was working at a luxury hotel, I mean, I was working at the Banff Springs Fairmont Hotel, and just the hustle culture there, like I had an amazing boss though. I'm learning mm-hmm. to listen to this podcast because yeah. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with him and he needs to listen to this, me brag <laughs> about him. But he was the healthiest boss, boss I've ever had. In my opinion, he was someone that really prioritized mental health and making sure that if you were feeling off on a day, he was like, there's so many people that work in this hotel will get your shift covered. Like yeah. don't feel the burden of hustle culture, work culture, whatever to come in when you're not feeling your best physically, mentally, whatever it is. So shout out to Ryan. He's the best. Mm-hmm. I love him. But uh, if it weren't for him, though, like even watching other people in my restaurant or in different areas of the hotel, you could just see how burnt out everyone was by the end of the summer, which was our peak season. Granted, yeah, everyone's going to be burnt out. We're all working a lot. We have smiles right. on our faces all day, you know, like you're putting on a show, but it just, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? and it's just unfortunate that it's that way and you'll even still like for example ha- me I have a great manager but you'll still have people burning themselves out. but yeah. it's just because that's the culture you have someone telling you stay home if you're not, not right. feeling okay and they're like no it's fine like right. you know it's like it's
0: like it was ingrained in us almost Absolutely. like from the start to be like well if you're not working hard enough then like I don't what even want to be, right. Dr- what are you doing? Like, it's almost as dramatic as like, I don't want to say you don't have a purpose, but like, I swear people think that like, if they don't work enough, they're like, well, I just, I'm not worth it. Like my value is that da, da, da. like our values are solely based on like how much we work, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. And I just like, I just can't get behind that. I can.
1: No, I'm the same way. I I, it's just, it's disheartening to see, especially because I used to be that way. Like to call in sick, I would get so angry. I would be sick right. and I would get so anxious. I would just absolutely be beside myself. My parents would be like, you're not going into work like this. Like you're right. growing up or whatever it was when I was like younger, but and, like, this was like high school years, maybe university as well. And it was just like a crippling feeling. But then when I yeah. moved abroad and I saw people just like I like, for example, in Thailand, you see people like tuk tuk drivers. They're just sitting there, everyone's on their phone all the time. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they'll be working at a store, scrolling on their phone. And then when you're ready to buy something, they're like, Oh, okay, hey, what's up? You know, like right. it's just very everyone's just enjoying their life and doing what they want and working at the same time, you know? So yeah. I really wanted to incorporate that into my life. So then when I moved to Spain, it was like Thailand times a thousand. These people don't work here. Yeah. I, I don't know when they get anything done in this yeah. country, but I love it for them because they still eventually get it done. But like there's siestas, like they shut things down for a good, like what I thought was two hours of the day, it turns out to be more like four and a half hours yeah. of the day. <laughs> but they'll shut things down and just like, be with their friends, be with their families. They'll be out having a drink or whatever, like in the middle of the day, they just like two to six, maybe things are just, it's hard to find things other than like cafes and like the odd restaurant that's open. Of course, like shopping places and stuff will still be open. So it's not like you have nothing to do, right? they're very social people here. Yeah. So, in light of that, they're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna prioritize that aspect of our culture by doing things like this so that people aren't burnt out. People do wanna right. still work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love them for that. It's just yeah. the coolest thing ever.
0: It's almost opinion. like unheard of here. Like, that is oh, like forever. Yeah. No, no. I just saw a TikTok literally the other day. Honestly, I think yesterday. And this girl, she was like Spain's perspective or whatever, or Europe's perspective. And it was like, oh, uh, why don't you stop working for a couple hours and like, we can go out for drinks or like go get coffee or something. And then it was America. And then it was like this girl crying. And she was like, why would I do that? I want to work. And it's like, we are, we like we said, like we are almost like programmed to feel like we have to work, even though it's like burning us out or stressing us out or whatever it is. It's like, I don't know. I just don't get it. I like hustle culture in the sense of like doing things that you're passionate about, but that doesn't necessarily mean like overworking yourself.
1: No, I was just about to say, like, that's one thing too. I feel like people kind of get misconstrued when I'm like this passionate about like work culture and like, blah, 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 because that's like a big red flag. And the big reason why I don't want to ever live in North America again. But I'm always like, in light of that, like I work like when you work in social media obviously you know you're always on the clock like there's no unless you're asleep you're working you know what I mean and so I'm like I get hustle culture but only when it's things that I love like if I'm building something or I'm creating content for someone like hotel tourism board whatever it is that I will dedicate my life to yeah my teaching jobs, I'm like, that is my means of staying over here. And I don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't like teaching. I love teaching. I love kids. Like, I love all of it. It's a bonus that I like it for sure. And it's a bonus that I get to stay here. Mm. But I'm like, it's still a salary. I'm not working for myself. Right. I'm working for someone else. And so I want to give them what they're paying me for. Right. You know, right. It's not like I'm the priority. I'm putting in 100% effort at all hours of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I honestly think that a lot of people, at least like when I first started, even just like looking into the whole digital nomad lifestyle, living abroad, moving abroad, traveling abroad, things like that, I almost felt like, not that it was impossible, but like, how was I going to make it work with work or with, you know, all of these other priorities I guess that I had in my life but I think that kind of what you were getting at of like once you experience those cultures I don't want to say you wouldn't ever want to come back but you know what I mean like if it's better there like why why would you why wouldn't you want to live the life that like either you've always dreamed about or just like a life that's actually easier for you to enjoy I think life is really hard to enjoy when you're working all the time Oh, for sure. And I think too, like again, I always like to play devil's advocate when it comes to things like
1: this, especially when I'm super passionate about things, because I don't want people thinking like, oh, this girl privileged, you can move around. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just compromise. Right.
0: I was gonna say, no matter what you say, like we're comments are common. Yes.
1: Of course. But that's the thing too. It's like that's why for me, it's important. I like, like my whole thing in life is like, I want to inspire people to like get out there, experience other things, experience other cultures, ways of life, whatever, because some people do love hustle culture. They love the nine to five. They love, you know what I mean? And it's not to discredit those people at all. You belong there and I'm happy that you feel happy there but there's a lot of people who don't. So like get out and experience that and vice versa. There's probably some people who are so frustrated with siestas here or so frustrated with the laid back lifestyle in Thailand that they move to places like North America because they are chasing that. I don't know how better to put it, but like that, like move to New York city, hustle, get the job at the big firm, like what that's romanticized to other people. You know what I mean? And so I think depending on where your values lie and where you want your life direction to go, North America might be phenomenal for you. Asia might be better for you. Europe might be the best fit. You know what I mean? Like it's so dependent on the person and what they want, but I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I will be floating around until I find somewhere that, fits my lifestyle yeah I
0: need yeah I think it depends on perspective too you know like your perspective of life in general is not work focused where like you were saying other people's mm-hmm. are and that's totally okay like people's like you were saying like people's dreams are to move to New York are to move to Chicago are to move to these like major cities LA like hustle like crazy influencer culture like all of that stuff especially these days it's like if that's your dream like we were saying, like we're inspiring you to go and live your dream. So if that's your freaking dream, yeah. then go and do that. You know what I mean? Go and do it. <laughs> right? We need people to do that. Like I'm not going to yeah. do that. So it's please. not going to be us. So you go and go and take one for the team. Absolutely. What would you say? Like your biggest lesson learned was from moving abroad the past couple of years. You've been in a couple different. Well, you've been in a lot of European countries, but just actually moving mm-hmm. and living abroad in different cultures, different countries, different lifestyles, what would you say like your biggest lesson that you learned was? I think my biggest lesson that I've learned, there's like kind of two ways I could go about this, I guess, like a
1: more personal way. So I think moving abroad, like traveling is one thing. When I traveled, I was like, wow, my eyes are open to all these different things and whatever. I was learning so much and I was on the go meeting new people, whatever. But when I actually got the chance to live abroad and immerse myself in a culture, I was able to find like a lot more peace within myself, I guess. I was someone who, I wouldn't say I was like struggling in North America, but I just didn't feel like I ever fit in with Mm. it, whether it was groups of friends or work culture or school systems. Like I just never could really, I was never on the same page as the majority, at least. Obviously not everyone's going to be on the same page, but for what is deemed I don't know. Normal is not the right word, but that's the only thing that got my head. Like I just never was there, and I think when I moved abroad and kind of withdrew from that culture and started to like experience other ways of life, I just found a little bit more of myself in that. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of like soul searching, obviously that happened, which was a very positive thing because I was in desperate need of that at the point. (laughs) Necessary. Very necessary. Some growth needed to happen. So, getting out of my. Kind of toxic situation toxic i don't want to say toxic group of friends because like i like these people they're mm-hmm. good people they mean well but just the path the direction that all of our lives were going on was toxic yeah. and so to get out of that and step back it was lonely at first like there's no sugar coating like that first move abroad is like very difficult emotionally for sure but at the same time, I think once you get through that, you realize how strong and resilient you are, and how you can really do anything you put your mind to at that point because you just picked up your life at 22 and went right. to the other side of Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like on a personal level, that was something I learned, and then on a more like global scale, I don't know how to put that no. either. But I just kind of learned that like everyone is honestly just out here like trying to do their best. Yeah. And so being able to be mindful of that when you're in other places, I think is really, really important. And I think that being in other cultures, like I look back to myself, like the version of me that went to Thailand, for example, the first time versus like the me in Thailand by the time I was leaving were two like very different people in the terms of the way that I acted in that culture. Mm. So for example, like backpackers, you're going to go to the big party places and you're not going to really know the rules. You're not going to bother to learn the language and blah, 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 Like you're just, you're backpacking, you're having fun, which like go and do that, please. Cause mm. it's so much fun. But when you're living abroad, you realize like, it's kind of ignorant. Like now I can kind of see why, like, foreigners get treated the way that they do and like then you start to be like okay I need to learn the language it's very polite of me to go out of my way to do things like that or to understand the culture or for example when I was in Thailand the religion because Buddhism is like such a large part of their culture it's so intertwined mm-hmm. that to go out of your way to immerse yourself is very important and it's just respectful so yeah, I would say like there's kind of two ways I could go about that. But yeah, you have a lot of like self-growth and self-love and everything that happens. But there's also a lot of perspective change and realizing like, wow, my lens really needs to broaden yeah. because you don't want to fall into that category of like the ignorant North American, right? You really do,
0: right? So. The classic stereotype, which, like you said, is a little bit more than a stereotype because it happens. It's true. And like guilty, you know what I mean? It's like going to yeah. oh, move- and that's the, everyone's
1: right. guilty at the right. point. Like I was so guilty for so long right. until one day I was like,
0: let me try. Yeah. Let me like
1: put in effort and then you can just tell, like, I don't know. You start to speak to someone in their language. And they can tell that you're not from here or you're trying they appreciate that so much. Yeah. And it's it's little things like that, you know, yeah. that can really change your experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think too, what you were saying at the beginning of the answer to that question was that you kind of felt like, not that you wanted to go against like the life that you were living, but like, you almost felt like it wasn't like the life that you were living almost like wasn't meant for you. And I can like completely, completely agree to that of like, okay, well, I, I, this is how I grew up. You know what I mean? Like, this is how I was brought up and so on. But then once you get older, you start to see things, you start to realize things and you're like, oh, wait, I actually want to do something completely different. I think it's like very scary, but it's also something that once you take that step of trying it, you know, I'm a big believer in like, try it try it what is the worst thing that could happen try it it could be the best thing you know that happens to you and for example if you never moved to thailand or if you never like tried to move abroad wherever it might have been you most likely wouldn't have been in spain because it would have been too scary or it would have been this or it would have been that like there's so many outcomes of all of these things and i think that like when you try something that you might be scared of doing if you just like take a little step to get there it's actually not as scary as It's in your head, like everything's scarier in your head than it is actually.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think too, like people, like you said earlier, romanticize it so much on social media but they don't tell you how to get there. Right. Which is honestly something for me that I find so annoying. And I need to get a little bit better about that on TikTok. I don't really do that enough on TikTok, but on my Instagram, I do that like very much. So like I'm very open and honest with my community on Instagram because people don't talk about the house. They just look at how great my life is. Look at me traveling the world and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, all these people that want the same for themselves, but feel like they can't because they just don't know enough. Yeah. It's disheartening to see that all these people, oh, I wish I could live that life or, oh, I'm so jealous or like, oh, what a dream. I'm like, this is like blood, sweat and tears if right. I put it into this. Right. If you want it bad enough, you can do it too. But if you don't know how to do it, it feels like it's too far out of reach.
0: Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying about like, Privilege or just like, oh, you have all this money, you're probably rich. That's why you're traveling, and that's you know, blah, blah, blah. And we've all heard it. We've heard it. Like, we've heard it all before of like, oh, you're just using your dad's credit card, you're just doing your using your parents' money, this and that. And it is my dad would
1: absolutely (laughs) murder me if I knew (laughs) anything about his credit card. (laughs) Right.
0: I'm like, that's not that's not that's the most frustrating part, I think, when it comes to at least content creation in the travel space is Mm -hmm. there is privilege in being able to travel like we can both you know agree to that of course there is I will
1: say like the only aspect of privilege in that sense that I will wholeheartedly like I 100% agree is our passport privilege yeah like we have very like, we have the best passport privilege pretty much in the world, yeah. aside from maybe some like Scandinavian Nordic countries, because right, right. they have no But, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that I'm, I 100% I'm like, yes, I yeah. will wholeheartedly agree. I can travel anywhere. And then, even to that added element of a, being a Canadian, I can go anywhere. And people are like, oh, Canadians are so nice. Yeah. I just get different treatment. Like, yeah. For example, when I was in Vietnam, they're like, oh, like American to so like me and my friend. And we we're like, no, Canadian. And they, their vibe completely yeah. changed. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 100%. But the
0: frustrating part, at least for me, is that the how, the the hard work that it took to actually get there is not mm-hmm. very much shown. And I agree. I should probably be doing the same thing of being like, this is how I actually did this. You know, I didn't just like you know, whatever, take my parents' money. In, know, exactly. Right. and start traveling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like there is like so much behind the scenes and it's hard to mm-hmm. show. It's hard to show all of it. But at the same time, I think like giving the benefit of the doubt of like, this was not easy. You know what I mean? But that's not to say that like, you can't do it. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but like I think people might look at our lifestyles and be like, oh, that's so far out of reach. That's so impossible how did they do Mm -hmm. that? This, this, and this, you know, kind of coming up with things that the way that we could have done something, but it actually took a lot of hard work. And that's like a very important aspect when talking about traveling and moving abroad in general of like how much Mm -hmm. actually went into it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a few creators I can think of that
1: do a very good job of showing that aspect. Like, There was also a trend at one point, particularly like I'm very more I'm kind of on the fence. I'm like half in this world of like lifestyle content creation and like travel content creation, whatever. But then I'm also like very much interested in the photography, like more serious photographer videography life, I would say. That they're kind of divided out of respect for the professional right. photographers they're definitely on a different level than like right. all of us recording things on our like first drone ever right. or like <laughs> iPhone videos yeah. you know what I mean like I can't classify myself there quite yet right but soon maybe <laughs> yes soon definitely soon but there's a lot of people in like both spaces there, there was a point where people were like you guys don't understand yeah like I go on all these trips and I do all these cool things, but I'm not just frolicking around doing what I want. Like, I'm going to these places and I'm working the entire time that I'm there. Right. Like, for example, even working at the Fairmont, we'd have influencers and whatever come and stay with us, and they're handed a package upon arrival. And it's like, wake up at 6 a.m., get on the bus here, go here, do this, make a video of this, do it. their whole day. Like, they don't have free time. Right. And again, some people are gonna like, oh, privilege, whatever. But it's like, that's what they chose to do for work. Like you can't call them privileged if that's their job, right. you know, right. like they just decided that that's what they wanted to do for a living. So that's what they're doing for yeah. a living. And yeah, it might seem more fun than sitting behind your desk. I mean, it is, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they chose to do that. So you can't hate on them and say it's daddy's money when really they're working around the clock. Right. They're not just like, oh, free stay, cool. Right. You know?
0: There's a lot They're more that goes into it.
1: So much yeah. that goes into it. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, what advice would you give to somebody that's thinking about doing the same, either moving abroad or just even traveling in general? I think that's almost the first step because moving abroad is obviously scary, especially when you've never done it before. So I think traveling or taking a solo trip or Even just Mm -hmm. like I've heard this thing where if you want to get into solo traveling, just go stay an hour away from your house by yourself, like go stay at a hotel by yourself, because I feel like a lot of people have never stayed in a hotel by themselves before. And that's Mm -hmm. like almost the first step of like, this is this is how you're going to feel when you're somewhere else. So, yeah, what advice would you give to someone that's even like inkling of thinking like this is kind of what I want to do or this is where I see myself, my life path going? I mean, I think there's like two answers for that one,
1: in my opinion, and it depends too on your level of comfortability when it comes to being alone, traveling, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I would say first, like you said, that's a big thing that I think a lot of content creators have been talking about recently is like go on a trip close to home first, whether it's an hour away or like take advantage too if you're a North American listening to this, like go on a trip to like a national park or like something, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Go to like a different state that you've always wanted to see or like whatever it is and just go by yourself and see how you feel. You know what I mean? And if that you're comfortable and you, let's say you stay in a hostel and you have a really great experience and you find like, okay, it's actually kind of easy to meet people. Hostels are the best for solo travelers. Like, sure. I would never recommend a solo traveler staying in a hotel yeah. ever. And if you don't like the idea of shared rooms, all hostels, at least nine out of 10 hostels, have private rooms in the hostel. So you still get the benefit of being in this very social environment, but you have your own private room so that if you're someone that gets very overstimulated or like doesn't want to be around people at all hours of the day, you have your own private space. So that's huge, but yeah, go and do that trip or do group trips. There's so many people Mm -hmm. doing group trips right now. Like it's, Insane. I will probably do one next year, but I have so many friends that run group trips out of Asia or out of Europe or out of Africa and they host it themselves. Like I know quite a few girls that have some coming up this year that they'll host it themselves and just people from all over the world can sign up to do this trip with you. You pay for pretty much everything up front. So you've got like most of your food all of your accommodations I think flights are included just there's so much that's included that way the stress of booking everything the first time yourself off your plate the stress of being totally alone off your plate yeah you're technically still solo traveling because you're not going with like your family or like a group of friends but you're still going to be with a community of like-minded people Mm so that you can kind of have that experience of solo travel. And then if you're comfortable with that, then you can go out another time and book your own trip and pick your own destinations. I mean, obviously you get to pick whose trip you want to go on and where the trip is, but you can kind of alter your itinerary and you have total freedom at that point. And now you've done something Again, either an hour away from home, you went on this big group trip with random strangers who end up being your best friends. Like, don't ever be worried about the stranger part because yeah. those are the like-minded people who are in the same headspace. I haven't traveled by myself. I want to meet new people. They're that same community. Mm. so those are the best. I think group trips are probably the best way to do it,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then what about in terms of like moving abroad? what advice would you give somebody who's like, okay, they've solo traveled, but now that's like, that's how they feel. Their next step is. You
1: just rip off the bandaid.
0: Ooh. There's no,
1: like, yeah. there's no, like, I'm like, oh, your first time solo travel. I have two great ways moving abroad. You just do it. Do it. Yeah. You just, it's like skydiving. You just jump out of the plane. Yeah. Like you don't, you can't dance around for a second. Like you're just shoved out that door. Yeah. So And then deal yeah. with
0: everything as it comes, I assume. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind
1: of just how it goes. I mean, obviously you can reach out to people and talk to people. Like I do want to start something where I can have like a 15 minute Zoom meeting with a person that wants to get involved in this type of lifestyle so that they can talk to someone firsthand. Yeah. Because the number of voice notes I send on yeah. the deal. About the same things. I'm like, I just need to like, I don't know, have an ebook or a course or something so that I don't have to keep reading myself. I love helping people travel. Like if anyone ever messages me and I can see like, Hey, I saw you lived in Thailand immediately. I'm opening it and answering because I'm just like, I love that. But no, like, I think if you can reach out and talk to someone who's done it before that you're comfortable reaching out to. Mm -hmm by all means, go and do that. But like everyone's experience is going to be so different when it comes to moving abroad versus like traveling. Yeah. So like, if you have your heart set on relocating your life, don't let anything kind of get in the way of that. Just rip the bandaid off. Like first timers, find a company that takes you to different places. You can do ILP if you want to go to all over the world maybe try volunteer program first or because those are i think are only three months Mm -hmm. it's like a good introduction there's another company called explore asia and you can go to multiple different countries in asia with them rvf is specifically spain i have a friend who's been to poland like there's companies that help you do that stuff yeah so if you're worried about the visa process and the logistical whatever you can pay a company to do all that work for you So that's. That's one benefit, and but- like
0: you said, it's worth it because it's so it's stressful, it. especially for your first time. I don't think even think like, I think the biggest problem too, people might not even know what to look up. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. you, you you say like, okay, do your research or whatever, but it's like, where do I even start?
1: You yeah, know? I mean, biggest thing would be looking up like work visas, and mm-hmm. what's required to get a work visa in these countries. For Canada, at least you can look up other countries on the government of Canada's website. I'm not sure what that's like in America or mm. other countries, but if not, like those government websites of say you really, really want to move to Cambodia. Yeah. I'm sure you could go onto their website and figure out what's required for a work visa. Also, like look into digital nomad visas. If you're in that space and you're looking to like work remote or whatever for like, For people that don't want to like teach or whatever it is, because a lot of those are new and they're coming out. There's like Instagram accounts that are dedicated. I was just going to
0: say that I was just about to say social media and blogs these days. I honestly use TikTok and Instagram as my Google, like as my search engine. You know, I love TikTok
1: for that reason exactly. I, I swear. Anything I need to know, I'm like, TikTok <laughs>
0: hair. It's like okay. I'm switching on my hair care routine and I'm like, best hair care for, you know, curly hair or like best this yeah. for this TikTok immediately. Traveling, same thing, like best country for solo female travelers, like always Absolutely. looking it up. So, yeah, All I agree. Of apps
1: really are search engines. Yeah. So, you ever have a question about anything? Yeah. Go on to social
0: media. Right. Hundred And with videos now, for me, at least like I feel like hearing somebody talk, even though it's like obviously a video of them, but like hearing somebody talk about like, these are the five ways that you can move abroad. That is more like, I feel like I connected that more and almost like inspired by that more than reading something or researching something. Of course, all of that's important, but using social media in general is like a way to maybe feel more comfortable with taking that next step.
1: Yeah, because I feel like it feels less robotic. There's a yeah. person behind it, yeah. there's a story. You've followed this person on social media, like you know their daily routines and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a lot more, yeah, social media makes it a lot more personable and it makes it a lot more trusting than it's just, oh, some random person I don't have a face to the name right. some blog post whatever you know yeah which a blog posts are great for a lot of things but I think having that aspect of video and being able to feel like you're just chatting with your best friend about it yeah is something that makes people a lot more comfortable with the idea for and then sure. kind
0: of following along with like what they did you know like there's really nothing wrong with copying exactly how somebody did something because they made it work so like if yeah. someone say for example went to your instagram and was like okay i see how she moved abroad now let me go like click on the link to here and see like what is linked and da da, it's like it content creators i feel like or just social media i guess in general make things pretty easy to just like Follow exactly what they did. You know, some people gatekeep, Mm -hmm. which, like you said, is like kind of annoying because it's like, okay, like just tell me how you did something. Maybe not necessarily how much money you make or like where exactly you're living or things like that, like personal information, but like the process that you got from going from one place to another is important to like inspire people, impact people, motivate people. Like, absolutely. Yeah. It
1: just makes it feel more attainable for them, which I think is huge.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, with all of that said, thank you so much for being on again for a part two, part three, maybe coming soon next year.
1: Yeah, of (laughs) course. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, sooner than that. Oh my gosh.
0: I know. Yeah. But I think like a year's time, we're like completely different people. You know what I mean? Like, I know that might be dramatic, but like from the first episode to the second, I swear like our lives have changed so much. And I think that like always looking back. And like doing these updated episodes or part two, part three, whatever it is, I actually did record a couple with some previous guests as well. And it's like, people have started businesses, obviously moved to a different country, like done all of this stuff. And it's like, I think it's really cool at least to see like how much has changed. So part three coming soon. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much for being on and I will talk to you soon.